Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Politicana. Today we're on episode 99, it's October 8th. My name is Tyler, and of course, as always, I am with Pratik and Nick. How are you doing this week? I'm good. I'm excited about the show as usual. I think we've got a lot of good topics lined ahead of us. Doing well this week, one month to go until the general, and one show to go until our 100th episode. So pumped about that. It's been a great ride so far. All right, so Republicans are expected to win the House in November, and Dems are slightly favored, according to 538, to keep the Senate. Now, the big swing Senate elections are Georgia and Nevada. Most outlets have covered Georgia, so here's what's going on in Nevada. On the Dem side, it's incumbent U.S. Senator Catherine Cortez Masto, She's the first woman from Nevada and the first Latina ever elected to the U.S. Senate. She served as the Nevada AG from 2007 to 2015. That was two terms in a row. The Constitution of Nevada actually stopped her from running for a third term. And she ran for the Senate and was elected in 2017. It was a close race, but she won it. But because it was a close race and re-elections the first time are always the hardest for incumbents, this is going to be challenging and she is neck and neck in the polls with her Republican challenger. Critique. So her Republican challenger is Adam Laxalt. So Adam Laxalt is a Nevada Attorney General from 2015 to 2019. He was the youngest Attorney General in the country at 37 years old. He lost in his 2018 bid for Nevada Governor, but is back with a strong campaign for Senate. He calls his opinion opponent Masto a rubber stamp for Biden and Schumer. Main issues that he discusses are economy, gas prices, inflation, and then on his website, he discusses Second Amendment, crime, fighting crime, um, election integrity. He's one of the main um, senator, main rep, uh, reps to raise their voice against H.R. 1, um, and he wants to make sure that there is no such further attempt to pass anything to deal with hr1 which was that was the bill that was about election integrity after the whole 2020 election that took place and then he's also pro-life so i mean his biggest quote is we're gonna lose this country if we don't vote for him and cortez masto is basically a rubber stamp but rubber stamper for biden and schumer so hmm. i wonder how important that pro-life issue is going to be in a place like nevada because obviously they're all it's not, not an issue that he's banking on winning on. It's in terms okay. of polling, it's down in the teens in terms of what people actually care about there. It's the economy mm -hmm. is like in the upper 30s or something. That's what everyone cares about. That's the leading issue. If you go on both their websites, it's hitting the economy time and time again. And they're sort of similar on a few items. But the, the big thing, again, is Masto being painted out to be this bogeyman and uh, Laxalt I don't know. Maybe there are some attack ads. I didn't see any when I was doing research. Um, as much as I want her to win, Cortez Masto's YouTube channel, her private YouTube channel, um, has a four-minute campaign video that was posted a couple weeks ago, but it doesn't have any audio. So you don't actually know what she stands for or what the campaign is about, which is uh, pretty unfortunate. But Republicans are taking notice of this. Like I said, it's a very close race in the polls. And so they're planning on running a $2 million Spanish language ad leading up to the election over the next couple of weeks, which is quite a bit. So Pratik Tyler, who do you guys want to win in Nevada and why? For Pratik, I assume it's Laxalt. So Tyler, let's start with you, the uh, the swing voter. Who, who are you thinking? 
Well, when you're looking at most voters, as you had mentioned, in the hierarchy of political needs, the economy and inflation are probably going to be at the top for most people. But then farther down, it would be down to issues like abortion, being pro-life or not. For me, that's a big enough issue where I wouldn't vote for the Republican just based off that issue, given how important it is today. So I don't know how much that sentiment carries through with the rest of uh, the voters, the voters in Nevada. Uh, but personally, I probably would vote for Masto in this case if I were to vote for her at all, or I would probably throw away my vote on a third party. Yeah, I would support the Republican guy, Laxalt. Why would you vote for Cortez Masto? I mean, they're all Democrats. They're all the reason why the economy is bad right now, the inflation situation, all the issues going on with the country. I mean, there's a lot of problems going on in the country right now. You blame the current administration in power. Inflation is at the highest rates it's ever been. And these people, all they can do is spend. They spend a bunch of money on the Ukraine stuff. They spend a bunch of money on these different missiles that they're trying to do. They're spending even more money on just their own programs that they're trying to pass in every single bill that they pass, including the Stop Fund Gap bill that was just passed. So I don't know why you would vote for a Democrat, but I'm a Republican. I think that if you're going to support Catherine Cortez Masto, that's like electing any generic Democrat to be in office. All Democrats go behind whatever the Democratic Party says. I mean, if you look at their own polls, Joe Biden's winning in every single one of them and has been since 2019. So I think based on all that stuff, Cortez Masto is not going to be a great candidate again. Obviously, she's the incumbent, so she has a higher advantage, but might as well go for the new guy, Adam Laxalt, over somebody that we already know doesn't have a really good track record when it deals with the economy. Hold on. The Republicans have never proven to me that they are willing to cut spending at all. So every time you come out and say, oh, they're spending, they're spending on missiles, they're spending Ukraine, all those things are bipartisan, in my opinion. It seems like both the major parties are supporting as much spending as possible. Now, in certain areas, on the green energy thing, uh, infrastructure, is, I think, is more bipartisan than you would think. But largely, I see both parties as overspending and neither of them being uh, acceptable choices if you're actually trying to reduce the debt or budget or anything like that. I don't think that's even an option on the table. Um, but from, from what I could tell you're arguing, it's basically you have to look at it holistically. You have to look at the Senate and the, Rep uh, the Republicans and the Democrats in the Senate as voting blocks against one another, and that's how you should base all your voting decisions. But personally, that's just not how I'm going to vote. I don't think that's effective for an individual voter in Nevada. I don't think they should be voting necessarily on a national scale. They should vote for what matters to them. And, and since, you know, since Biden has been in office, we've had a lot of other issues. Like you look at wages, our wages have gone up a lot over the last few months. The, what that's caused is it's caused higher levels of inflation. It costs you more to buy groceries when you go to the grocery store because you're spending a lot more for that individual worker working in the grocery store. And that individual worker working in the grocery store isn't making that much money because of inflation because the value of what he's making now is about the same as what he was making before. So you haven't solved anything, but this is a Democratic Party talking point is they want to raise the minimum wage and they want to make everybody make more money. And whenever you make more money, no one does. And that, that's the whole people that are all about the unions and raising taxes on the rich people which all the rich people are the ones with the businesses so then you raise the taxes on the businesses and then make them pay more for their employees so then in the future you're just leading to more automation which doesn't solve any of the problems so i think that's the situation and you look at any of these big businesses that have like you know kiosks and you know certain robotic equipment and then you even have people that are just being replaced because you don't need them anymore because you have machinery that can do their job well that's only going to get expedited if you elect another democrat into office and that's what they do and democrats in the end of the day regardless of all the other stuff 
this is a common consensus thing with all Democrats is you can talk to any sing any Democrat in any part of the country and they'll tell you that they're pro unions, they're pro raising the minimum wage and they're pro raising the taxes on the ultra wealthy and on the wealthy and on the middle class. They won't say they're in favor of raising the wealthy on the middle class, but every single one of their policies raise the raise the taxes on the middle class. So I think that's just the way it is. That's my opinion. That's why I'll never vote Democrat. And I don't think that other people should vote Democrat because if you do, well, you're just making it harder for all the regular basic people because you're just spending more money and making the poor person spend more money when they go to the grocery store. Because, you know, cost of milk has gone up so much and the inflation is at the highest levels right now. And whenever Trump was in office, you didn't have record levels of inflation. You actually had a really good economy before COVID happened, which he and, or no one else had any control over. Nick, I know, I know you're going to jump all over this. I just want to say one quick thing. Um, it seems like you're just speaking towards Democrats and Republicans in general and not specifically this election. So it could be any Democrat and any Republican and you'd be saying the same thing. Probably. And for me, that's not how I would look at an election, a senatorial election, personally. Pretty, well, uh, given that the Dems need to maintain the majority... I mean, ultimately, I kind of agree with Pratik in looking at it as you're electing the deer, you're electing the R. Exactly. I'm sure, like, individually. <laughs> I mean, look, they were both state AGs of the same exact state. You know, Laxalt came right after her. Um, and I don't know. Like, sure, I I'm sure they're different on some of the issues. But, for example, the bipartisan stuff that, Tyler, that you had mentioned, I mean, yeah, I'm going to disagree with Pratik on that. On her website, she will say, she'll claim this as a win, for example, you know, delivering $3.4 billion to combat wildfires and prevent them, securing $450 million for a large-scale water recycling plant in Nevada that's going to supply water to more than 500,000 regions, 500,000 households in the region. Both of those things are bipartisan, so I don't think that would fundamentally change. But at the same time, when you do think about environmental issues, which personally I think is the bigger problem for Nevada— I think she's the better candidate, and here's why. If you look at places like Jackson and uh, Missouri, or is it Mississippi? I'm forgetting. Jackson MS. Is that Mississippi or Mi Missouri, guys? Come on. We need our state abbreviations here. Mississippi. It's Mississippi. It's the Mississippi. Okay, okay. So, Jackson, I mean, people are being interviewed by local NPR affiliates in these places that are stricken by drought where they're spending over $100 on water per month. And for a working family, that's just not feasible at all. And so if they don't get on top of their water infrastructure in Nevada because California has senior water rights, they're going to be completely screwed over in the next couple decades. How do you do that? You need very long infrastructure horizons and investments for that. Who's doing that? It's the Democrats. The Republicans are dragging their feet on this. They're garbage. They're slow. They're useless. And therefore, I think the Democrats need to be put in power because, especially on something like water, people cannot afford to pay $100 for water every single month. And furthermore, you just need it to be high quality. We don't want this to be another Flint. So I think she's good on that. Um, in terms of the overall spending stuff, I don't know. Adam is not really, he's decrying a bunch of stuff about the economy. Meanwhile, the governor of the state is a Republican. The Republican governor says, our state economy is doing better. We're doing good. And then Adam comes on and says, oh, the economy's terrible. It's all Biden, which makes sense. He's going to blame Biden, not his own party. But Pratik, I mean, when you look at the Republicans, they're already in charge of the state. So if the state economy is so bad compared to other states, if the state education is so bad compared to other states, isn't that the fault of the Republicans at some point? When is your party going to take any personal responsibility for running as governors and then not doing a good job? <clears throat> I don't think the I think the governor's doing a great job. Um, again, 
I think the fact is when it comes to any of this stuff, we're all going to support our own parties. That's what you do. Senate, you only got 100 people. So obviously you have to support red or blue. You can't be all moralistic on what candidate you support more than the other. I think you're a dom if you're a Republican and you're not on the Trump train, but that's the case in many of these cases because then and you're Trump just likes a Republican. Let's, let's be real. Yeah. So that's a good thing in your... And he didn't yeah. like well, the guy that Adam was there Trump, before. So yeah. <laughs> he True, didn't... Adam likes Trump. No, but he also didn't like the guy before who was the senator before Catherine Cortez Master, who was a Republican that wasn't in support of... Things that she, things that he wanted, to, that that Donald Trump wanted to do, and that's the fact when it deals with all this stuff. Like I don't, I feel like when it comes to politics, especially when it comes to the Senate, you have to support the side of the party, and you have to be in favor of whatever they want to do, because otherwise you're just acting as an obstacle. Whether you look at people like Joe Manchin, that's what they are. They're just obstacles for the Democratic Party to achieve what they want to achieve. And I think that's the same as with the Republican side, if you have people that are not supporting what the Republican Party wants to do. And now, obviously, we could discuss Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump and all that stuff, but whatever. Like, in the end of the day, when Donald Trump gets elected, Mitch McConnell is going to become a stooge again. That's what happens. And whatever Donald Trump says, because Donald Trump, if he is the nominee of the GOP, which is most likely the case, if they do end up winning the general which we don't really know about the general yet then donald trump is going to control the narrative and going to control the agenda on what the republican party does so it's all up to you electing republicans that are genuine republicans that are just going to become stooges because unless you're a stooge in the senate you're a waste of a vote and i think that's the fact whether you're a republican or a democrat or anything and sure we all admire people that have their own opinions but in the end of the day if you have your own opinions and you're in the senate you're only causing more problems for your own party, a.k.a. Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and Joe Manchin. So I think that's the way it is. So uh, closing on that topic to transition, I know we just said Biden has taken a lot of hits on the economy. Um, maybe he did something positive this week. So Tyler, what's going on with Joe Biden and marijuana? So Biden said he's going to Try to pardon all prior federal offenses of simple possession of marijuana and urged all governors to do the same in every state. So uh, Biden asked the Department of Health and Human Services and the U.S. Attorney General to reexamine how marijuana is scheduled under federal law. As many of you know, it's currently a Schedule 1 drug alongside some other drugs like heroin and LSD. But now they're urging that it be moved to a Schedule 2 drug, which means it still would be classified with fentanyl and methamphetamines, but it is or wouldn't rather uh, be in that high, highest class of, of drug. Um, so this is a big move on the federal level. We haven't seen anything like this. On state levels, we've seen many decriminalizations, even some expungements of records but we've never uh, and legalizations, but we've never seen anything like this on the federal level, although we all kind of knew where this was headed. Um, it's taken us a very long time to get to this point. Um, a few quotes from the article we're looking at here. Uh, Biden said, sending people to prison for possessing marijuana has upended too many lives and incarcerated people for conduct that many states no longer prohibit. Criminal records for marijuana possession have also imposed needlessly barriers to employment, housing, and educational opportunities, especially among black and brown people who, while they use at the same rates of white people, have been prosecuted and convicted at disproportionate rates. So really the question and to kick off this discussion is, should we be classifying weed as a Schedule 2 drug rather than Schedule 1? Should states pardon marijuana offenses? And lastly, should this have been done sooner? And if it were done sooner, what would have the political implications been, such as if Trump had done something like this? So starting with Nick, what are your thoughts? 
So Trump never would have done anything like this. He courted the socially conservative vote way too much, and granted, he is a liberal guy, or sort of used to be sort of liberal from New York, okay? He moved in those high circles. In New York City itself, you know, weed is not taken seriously as a hard substance, right? It being classified higher than fentanyl or methamphetamines is a complete joke. I mean, right now, what's going on? What are people concerned about? People dying from fentanyl overdoses, people dying from being addicted to opioids. And so it only makes sense that this is reduced in terms of what schedule class of drug it is. Now, a lot of Democrats and particularly the black voting uh, caucuses would say, look, this has been used, as the Biden administration pointed out, sort of this has been targeted towards the black and brown community. And therefore, you know, there's this racial component to it where, Again, I don't think Trump ever would have had this sort of pressure from his base to, to do anything on weed. I'm sure the more libertarian bend of the Republican Party would have advocated for and probably did. Hey, we should, you know, chill out on weed. It's not a big deal. Let's relax what we have right now. But I think because of the conservative evangelical base, that's just not a winning issue for you to run on. And since Joe Biden didn't make it a winning issue during the election, he didn't make it a big issue. They already had enough wedge issues themselves um, put between them without this. I just don't think it was ever going to come up before this. This is the right time to do it. This is before the midterms. And again, this is sort of the last time that Democrats controlling all three levels of both the House, Senate, and the executive branch with President Biden. Granted, the Supreme Court is a whole mess and they're losing every single case over there. But at least in terms of you know who sets the policies and laws of the land, this is their last main time to have a shot like this. And since Biden's in power, I think, sure, you can't get this through the House, you can't get it through the Senate, but I think this is going to reflect well on the party going into the next election. Pratik, how do you feel about it? So before I go, um, I forgot his name. So Dean Heller was the senator that was there in Nevada before. He was a Republican. He was anti-Trump. And he was replaced by Jackie Rosen, who they ran there. They had an election in 2018. And he was very anti-Trump whenever Trump was controlling all three houses of the government. So back to this story. I think if you look at Pew Research polls, Americans overwhelmingly support marijuana. So it's 91% of Americans support the legalization of marijuana and they say that either marijuana should be legal for medical and recreational use while 31 percent say that they should only be legal for medical use while fewer than one in ten people say marijuana should not be legal for use by adults now speaking of marijuana the problem is that if this was a winning issue then either republican party or the democratic party would have gone after it way back when the fact is that most people are not going to change their vote based on marijuana legalization. I mean, it sounds good for people that do smoke marijuana that, oh, wow, we're going to you know support the cause. If, we, if marijuana gets legalized, I'm just going to support the party. But most people vote on a big, wide array of issues, and they're going to look at what issues that they care about more than other issues. Marijuana is a, is an issue that a lot of people care about, but is not a bigger issue than a lot of the other issues that are going on. So I think that's the case. Like marijuana is one small fraction of why somebody might vote Republican or Democrat. And generally speaking, the people that are more like stronger when it comes to marijuana that really care about the issue, they're usually already voting in the Democratic Party. So I don't think that it would have changed anything. Had Trump gone after these people, he may have lost votes. We really don't know. He may have gained a few votes, but it probably wouldn't have uh, um, it wouldn't have offset the voters that he did lose. You know, if this was if he was the one to go after this stuff, 
Again, I don't really think it's an issue. I think that most Americans don't think it's an issue, but it's the fact that you're not going to win somebody because of this one specific issue. You might win a few people, but you're not going to win a large enough chunk to make a big difference in the big game. And I think issues like inflation and issues like interest rates, abortion, gay marriage, guns, like minimum wage, taxation, all that stuff outplays marijuana. And I honestly argue that if there was a bill that said that we want to ban tobacco and nicotine, you'd probably have a lot more people on the Republican Party that would be outraged than the amount of Democrats that would be in support of legalizing marijuana. And I think that's the way it's been. And if it wasn't that way, then we would have legalized marijuana by now federally. But because it is that way, all these politicians are literally just looking at numbers and stats. They don't have any opinions or morals or anything anyway altogether. They're just so you, whatever well, the party is think, supporting. You don't think the lobbyists, the private prison no. lobbies, the healthcare lobbies had any impact on the fact that there was no federal action? I'm sure on they marijuana. did. Even though no, but more than half of the states have either decriminalized or legalized. That's that's drug. fine, but this should be a states' rights issue anyway. It, it's a states' rights issue for sure, but. It doesn't mean it couldn't have affected the election federally. I mm. think it signals. Um, so, so specifically with Trump, I personally think he lost the election because when COVID hit, he had no idea how to bring people together. All he's ever been is a divisive character, which is good for attracting people to support you. But you also get a lot of people on the other side. When you have an issue where there's near universal support, I think there is going to be some sort of movement in the voting base. I think that Trump I would have only been. So. I don't think anyone voting for Trump wouldn't have voted for Trump had he taken the exact same measures Biden did today. I think there are a number of people who would have been inspired to, for instance, I might have voted for Trump if he were to do something like that. And that's just one example. And that's, for me, the more right-leaning libertarian aspect of the party, even if it's 1% of people, that's enough votes to sway an entire uh. general election, depending on where those pocket of votes come from. So, and, and look at the black base. Obviously, it's a big issue for them. We're looking at nonviolent crimes. Black people are the most affected by that by a substantial margin, and Trump barely got any of their vote. So it just seems like saying that this couldn't have been an issue because they would have capitalized on it earlier is not an argument, in my opinion. Um, I, I Personally, how things have progressed in terms of legalization have been fine. It should be a state's right issue. We're getting to a tipping point where enough states have done it where they can take action federally and not get too much blowback for it. But I just think the timing for Trump would have been better if he had done it right after the COVID pan uh, pandemic began. I think he would have benefited from it and... If it didn't win him the election, it would have made it more competitive. Uh, I don't I don't think it would have made any difference at all. But I do think that when it deals with these kind of issues, like when it deals with the healthcare lobbies and the other lobbies, the private prisons lobbies and all that stuff, they all outweigh anything to deal with marijuana. Sure, African Americans, you like to point this out. African Americans are going to vote for Dem vote Democrat even if marijuana was legalized. But that's an I don't think it's going to change that's anything. That's a huge assumption. It is. We just talked but about I'm willing to make that, that assumption. I'm willing to make crime, that assumption, dude. But you can't because if we're looking at crime rates, especially in African-American communities, and you look at the amount of nonviolent drug offenders who are... So they're not only impacted by the fact that they go to jail. They're impacted because they can't get another job because they'd already gone to jail for a simple possession charge of marijuana. This is an issue that doesn't just affect you for going to jail. It affects the rest of your life. So... 
Again, yeah. we talked about cr- criminal reform on the Democratic side. Imagine the Republicans take a step in that direction. You don't I, think anyone's going to take notice of that and say, wait, one of these parties no. is taking action on criminal reform and the other is not. Maybe I should take a closer look at them. I don't think anything really changes on this stuff because in the end of the day, Democrats, African-Americans are going to vote Democrat because they have all kinds of other issues that they really care about. Issues like welfare, issues like, you know, they always talk about how all the Republicans are racist. That's not going to change whether you legalize marijuana or you don't legalize marijuana. But the fact is that if this was a big enough issue, Democrats would have done it by now. But they waited until I, now to do it. The so, argument of again, they would have taken action lobbies, had it been important enough is not a good argument no, but because they can miss it, opportunities. It is. It is. Because prison lobbies, healthcare lobbies, they already have much more influence. Democrats and Republicans are making much more from those lobbies. And there's a reason why marijuana has not been legalized by either Republican or Democrat. Because they're profiting and benefiting from the same exact lobbies. So I, I really I don't think you. it changes anything. Because... Again, if you legalize well, marijuana, you're not going to solve... You might solve this private prison issue, but in the end of the day, the private prison lobby is making money because Republicans and Democrats are not changing this policy, and they're feeding them money to not change the policy. So I don't think this makes any big difference. But that doesn't I just affect how someone votes. It, it like, does. The fact that my politician gets money from a certain lobby, sure, they'll get more money to advertise, but at the end of the day, my vote is not dictated by the fact that a politician gets money from these private lobbies. That's not how a democracy works. But the lobbies are you're not to adv- you're not yeah, going to switch ahead. your party vo- voter base. You might you might, but there's not enough people that why, are going to switch. Why aren't there other people like me? I because this like, is a small issue, dude. It's like something like prohibition. If right now you were to make alcohol, a small issue. no, no, no. If you were to make alcohol illegal right now. You might get a few people outraged and willing no, to protest dude, about dude, it. Hold on. Would be you, mad. Hold on. You, if, but if you look at back at the history of not, but, but, you would know that's not true. My point talking, is, like, come on. you're not going to change your vote because of that issue. Like, you might, there might be a few people like that, but it's not going to be enough of a chunk to change the entire po- entire outcome of an election. And in the end of the day, we talk about but this These stuff. elections are razor thin. We look at the, um, the, the vote differentials. A million votes could sway an election. How, do you that's, really that's, think a million a, people would change their vote based on marijuana well, on. being legalized? That's what one percent of the voting base. I don't know the exact numbers. All I'm saying is it would have had an impact, and I don't it's think Trump loses impact. anyone. I don't think Trump loses anyone. You, I only think it would have he, benefited him. He might have though. That's what you're not understanding. If you, if you're y'all are arguing about the social aspect, right? Socially conservative people. Do you really think they love marijuana being legalized? Do you think all those people that own tobacco farms... Do you think they're going to vote for Biden farms? over Trump because of that? Because Biden no, would do the exact same no, thing as he already did. they might not vote. That's what's important here. It's not about you losing votes because they're going to vote for the other side. It's you losing votes by them not voting. And you have that happen in a lot of issues like this. So these are more sensitive issues that you're really thinking about. Because, yeah, sure, from an economic capitalist perspective wise, I'm like, yeah, you should legalize it. What's the problem of not legalizing it? But there is 
political analysis that goes into this stuff, which is why it hasn't been legalized until now. Because if this was a big enough issue, I guarantee you it would have been legalized by now. I know you don't agree with that argument, but there's a reason why this hasn't been legalized federally. And there's a reason why it's only happens on a state by state basis. And decriminalize, uh, decriminalizing marijuana has already happened in most of these states. And the fact is that whenever you're already done half the process, if you federally legalize it, it's not going to change anything because people have already made up their minds and already know what they're doing. And this is not an issue enough for them. I think anymore. we were close enough in 2020 for that exact same. I think uh, the state we're at today in terms of acceptance of marijuana was the exact same as it was two years ago. So I, I really, for, for me at least, I, I think we were, we're already at the tipping point. So I personally don't think he loses anything from that. But Nick, what are your thoughts? You've been listening this time. I want to hear what you're thinking on this. Well, I don't know. It seems like the two of you have laid out the crux of each argument really well. I mean, the main points, I mean, I get what Pratik is saying, which is he just doesn't think that this would end up swaying the voting block. For example, Trump was already painted out as a racist when he was doing criminal justice reform towards the end of his term. That didn't seem to win him the election in any way. And I mean, people forget this, but um, he actually did end up doing better in terms of the amount of um, black voters who voted for Trump the second time around compared to the first. More people ended up going towards him. So, and I think part of that is just mobilization and whatnot, but what Prasik is saying about the risks of you've got this very hardcore evangelical conservative base that on these social issues like marijuana see it as, you know, this detrimental thing to American culture and the backsliding of society where Trump is talking to this, you know, forgotten America, this time in which everything was great, you know, all these moral sins were not as they are now. And, you know, kind of voting against any sort of social and cultural decay, I think they would paint it or group weed in at the same thing. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the same way that um, we were talking about the pro prohibition thing. I don't know. I think if Republicans pass something actually on weed prohibit or on alcohol prohibition today, I think they would lose so many voters. <laughs> I think they would I agree. tank and That's everything. Fair. I don't know. So I do think that like... That's not a good example. Like this, but, I, I concede but, on that. But with Tyler, what, what Tyler said though, I think that that is a big thing where, for example, I forget it. If um, there's any sort of felony charges that get slapped on you, um, maybe it's just if you're dealing in Florida, but there are some states where they will actually take away. It's not just your right to you know, economic empowerment and climbing up the ladder there, but it's also your ability to vote. In states like Florida, if you're a felon, you can't vote. Um, now, maybe there was some some change on that more recently, but I know as of two years ago, that was a big issue that some of the people were running on in the state Senate elections there in that state, which was, hey, look, we've got a bu bunch of black and brown people who are disproportionately not even allowed to vote in the first place. So, and what Pratik is saying, at least as the way I'm interpreting it is, you know, if you do enfranchise a bunch of voters and you do enfranchise people who are affected by these policies, are they more likely to vote Democrat or Republican? And so the political calculus, I think, favors Democrats on legalizing something like this or expunging records. I don't think the libertarian bend of the Republican Party outweighs the socially conservative part that would say, oh, this, this would be bad. Let's not touch it. But at the same time, who knows? As more states add on, as this picks up more steam, that could very well change come the next election. And it could be that both parties, frankly, end up supporting it. I, I don't think it'll be such a big deal. Like, Tyler, exactly what you were saying, hit the nail right on the head. A lot more Americans now compared to 40 years ago. I mean, it, it's a completely different 
seen in terms of who accepts marijuana use. And it really is seen as this innocuous recreational thing. It's it's not seen as the class one felony or sorry, not the class one felony, but the class one drug dangerous substance uh, for schedule one that it, that is still currently federally uh, under. It's just crazy to me that it's on a different level than fentanyl. But here we go ahead. Close this out. Yeah, I, I guess I, I just don't understand how Trump can, you know, have all these affairs and do all these things that social conservatives would deem inappropriate. Um, but on something like weed, they would actually change their vote based off that. It seems unlikely to me if they're not willing to budge their morals when they see everything Trump had did. Uh, but that's the issue where they take a stand, especially like I even think a lot of social conservatives might be against it. I just don't see them often changing their vote because of it. And when we're talking about who's against marijuana, it's not just social conservatives. Point to me the reason that social conservatives would be against weed. For instance, uh, for medical care, for veterans, it's a huge issue. And a lot of veterans are socially conservative and they're still willing and able to use it. And that's kind of why acceptance has grown. It's like as people saw the medicinal aspect of it, they realized it wasn't you know such a morally bad thing and i think that's what's been happening in america and look we can we, unfortunately we don't have the exact numbers but i actually i respect your um your position critique and nick had laid it out very well and i actually agree with you i just personally think it, it would have gone over that tipping point where it would have made an impact even if it didn't win him in the election i think it would have made an impact in the positive direction uh, but we're going to disagree there and that's fine uh, but with that, hey, guys, uh, do you just want to touch on quickly whether or not you think the scheduling of the drug is appropriate? Is I'm, Schedule I'll, 2 in appropriate status? Or yeah, sure. do you think that um, states should uh, get rid of the criminal records? I think I think let's talk about the schedule part, because the main issue that many of these people cite that are anti-marijuana is the fact that marijuana is very addictive. Sure, it's not the same level of addictive. It's not the same level as, of addictive as nicotine is, as vaping or is, caffeine. as cigarettes is, or even caffeine is. But it is addictive. And the different, and this is a weird thing to me because I'm usually I'm more libertarian on this thing. I literally think we should just legalize certain things like that. But the fact is that yeah, nicotine is much worse than marijuana. But because marijuana is very addictive. And it potentially um, causes permanent problems within memory, learning, and thinking based on, you know, the arguments that are posed against it by health researcher people. I think that's the main issue here is that health research shows that it does have negative impacts on your mind, brain, memory, and, you know, your ability to comprehend things. And so it is addictive. Food. That's fair. But all those things are already legal. Marijuana has never been legalized federally. So it's a different situation. And whenever marijuana is legalized federally, then whenever whenever marijuana is legalized federally, they're going to be arguing that you need to make nicotine and out of smoking illegal. That's what's going to happen. That's the next step down the road. But again, I don't have a problem with you legalizing it, but that's the reason why it's illegal is because it is known as the gateway drug because it is addictive and it does cause mental issues for people, especially whenever you're smoking marijuana at a young age. And I think that's the that's how they they've been advertising it. The people that are anti marijuana. So I just want to lay that out there. I'm yeah, not yeah, trying to win or go. Yeah, against we're not really arguing just, that. Uh, we we yeah. know people take that position, but when we're looking at the scheduling, so a drug like fentanyl, which has killed thousands of people um, over the past few years, heroin, those are Schedule Two drugs. Why should weed even be? in the same degree of severity as those drugs. Why even schedule two? It just seems like the whole scheduling has to do with what the government thinks you shouldn't do. 
It's an issue of liberty, in my opinion. It's the fact that they don't think it's appropriate for you to touch this, not based off any sort of evidence, but just because we don't think it's good for you guys. And that's not an appropriate reason to make something illegal. And I, I think generally these drugs should be regulated and legalized. And for fentanyl, for instance, the reason there are so many overdose deaths, deaths are because they think it's a different drug. They think often they're taking heroin and fentanyl is 50 times more potent. Um, so the whole aspect of scheduling these drugs seems to be off. We need some someone to come into that the, the department that classifies these things and really take a whole look at, at it holistically because clearly the, the system we're working with is not appropriate for the times we're living in. Um, but in terms of the removing and expunging criminal records, I think that's super appropriate. America by far has the most incarcerated people. We have so many people that are incarcerated for nonviolent drug offenses. It just doesn't really make sense unless you are part of the private pri prison lobby benefiting from this. So I think one thing that would be good for people to keep in mind in terms of should this still stay as Schedule 1, is that on DEA.gov, it says that Schedule 1 drugs are drugs, substances, or chemicals with no currently accepted medical use and a high potential for abuse. Schedule 2 still has high potential for abuse, but you know, you've got some medical benefits. I think that weed has already been shown to have medical benefits, and therefore, based on that, I don't think it should be Schedule 1. If you want to read about this yourself, it's... I mean, this is this is really in the weeds here, but it's going to be Title 21, Chapter 13 of the U.S. Code, Part 802, and you're going to go to Subpart A for that definition. And in that subpart, again, you will you will read the definition, and if you really don't think that you know marijuana has any accepted medical use, then yeah, you should still vote to keep it as Schedule One. But if you've been reading things, following the medical community, and seeing how, like Tyler said, it's been used to treat things in the veterans' communities for people experiencing you know, pain and discomfort, I just think that there are some medical uses, and therefore, you know, just based on the definition of what Schedule 1 is, it doesn't fit that and should be at a lower schedule. And it's all, the main issue with all this stuff too, is it's all hypocritical. Like you look at even things that are, the idea behind legalizing anything is that you're basically saying that it's accepted for it to be legalized. So it's accepted if you use it or don't use it. And if, if it's illegal, it just has the connotation towards it that it's illegal and you shouldn't be using it. The problem with it is all the same arguments can be placed on tobacco, except tobacco has been legalized, but you're not allowed to advertise it. You're not allowed to have banners about it. You're not allowed. I mean, even if you go buy tobacco, you have to pay an excise tax to buy it because they don't want you to have it. And the fact is that if it's legal, why are you doing all that stuff? Because the argument is that if it's something is legalized, that means it's okay to do it. And that's the argument that the people that are anti-marijuana always pose. But the fact is that all those same things exist with tobacco and if you were to legalize these things it's all up to you as an individual it's better for the capitalist market however when it deals with tobacco there's even more side effects because the secondhand smoke can actually lead to more deaths and it can lead to more problems and it can lead to breathing issues and all these other things but it's one of those that because tobacco has been legalized for so long it's okay but you can't advertise it because it's weird that they're all anti-advertising all of a sudden even though it's a legal product well with marijuana it hasn't been legal they haven't really found people dying or causing having having that many problems because of it but there will be issues when it is legalized like you're gonna have to figure out how you're gonna uh, you're gonna enforce like people smoking and driving the same way you do drinking and driving and then you'll have to figure out how much levels of thc is available to people and how much you can regulate all that but that's a whole different story but we're still arguing whether it should be legalized yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well said. Um, at the end of the day, I actually think it's worse for the government because you can't really grow your own tobacco crops in your in your closet. But you can do that with marijuana. So that's an even even bigger issue. It's like people can just they don't even need to buy it. They can grow this and then I can enforce you can grow a plant and I can break into your house and take it from you and throw you in jail for that. It doesn't really seem that reasonable. Nick? Well, speaking of being put in jail, a man has just been sentenced to political jail for life by President Trump. Pratik, what is going on with Ben Sass? <laughs> so Ben Sass in Nebraska. So Ben Sass, who's a senator of Nebraska, has decided to leave the Senate to become the new president of University of Florida. The governor of Nebraska, Republican, will appoint a replacement for Ben Sass in January. Sass was a university president before he entered politics at Midland in Nebraska. He voted to impeach Trump. He was one of the 10 House Republicans and seven senators who did vote to convict Trump at his second impeachment trial for inciting the January 6th Capitol attack, as sources say. And when it deals with that obviously trump is very anti-ben sass ben he says great news for the u.s senate and our country itself little ben sass the lightweight senator from the great state of nebraska will be resigning if he knew he was going to resign so early in his term why did he run in the first place but it's still great news the university of florida will soon regret their decision to hire him as their president i love how donald trump just attacks people like that it actually makes it like you're involved with donald trump like oh does donald Donald Trump like this guy or hate this guy? Donald Trump is upfront about it. But with Ben Sass, I will say whenever I was going and I was getting involved in politics, Ben Sass was one of the most exciting politicians to listen to on TV. If you actually listen to him in person, he's one of the most eloquent speakers that we had in politics. And the fact is that most people don't know who Ben Sass is because Ben Sass is from a small state. He didn't really have many great achievements or anything. He was just a very good political speaker. And the reason why he was basically kicked out of office is because he was anti-Trump. And right now in our political economy with the Republican Party, if you are anti-Trump, you will be removed from the Senate. It's just a matter of time. It's like if you're a Democrat and you're anti-Schumer, Pelosi, Obama, Biden, etc. It's the same policies. Like Manchin is on his way out. Ben Sass basically got kicked out. And he's in the same shade of people, the same way as Dean Heller was removed. And in the in the process, like Mitt Romney, Lisa, uh, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, he was in that same bucket of people. So I think it's great for the Republican Party in the future because they're going to have an actual Republican to, you know, support whatever the Donald Trump and whatever the Republican Party wants to do. But I do feel bad as somebody that did enjoy listening to Ben Sass speak because he was one of the most inspirational speakers based on how he talked and i have a i have an admiration for people that even if you don't agree with them or you agree with them when you watch them or listen to them and you're like just in awe because of how they're able to represent themselves and how they're able to discuss whatever they want to discuss because you may not win the person but in the end you might convince the person just by the way you talk about it so i do like ben sass for that argument but he was anti-trump so he's out well, one more thing to add is that Mark Caputo, who's a pretty well-known reporter, wrote in that in May, you know, Trump said he regretted report, uh, supporting him, et cetera. But now DeSantis allegedly had SAS engineered. The hiring engineered was by DeSantis. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows what this is about. Ron and Don, a top Republican <laughs> insider, has apparently told him. And so my main question here for you guys is, what does DeSantis need to do to be Trump? Because clearly, if he's pulling this guy over to be a thorn in Trump's side, I mean, 
look, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but I don't know. You can sort of see DeSantis starting to really take this take this seriously. I mean, he has the whole press tour with Biden this week, and that was a little awkward at times, but still, he's becoming more and more of a national figure. And we've talked about it plenty of times on the show, but like, what do we think he actually needs to do for DeSantis? What does he actually need to do to beat Trump when Trump is still has such big influence over the party? Tyler, let's start with you. I think he needs to outdo Trump in certain areas. So like, for instance, sending those migrants to New York and to Martha's Vineyard, I thought was a great move. Trump had always been big about the border and keeping the border security tight and all that. Well, DeSantis comes out here and does a, you know, a nice publicity stunt that gets some visibility in the news. And if I'm a Trump supporter and I see that, I go, oh, this guy's actually taking the actual creed of what Trump had proposed and he's taking it into action. This is what I want to see my party doing. We need to do these ploys because Democrats just don't listen. And I think he pulled it off in that instance. And the same goes here. I don't know if he actually coordinated this, but it is uh, kind of ironic that you have this anti-Trump guy going to your University of Florida. And I'm sure that's going to come up. In my opinion, that's kind of a genius move. It's a genius PR move. He's taking Trump's playbook and using it for himself. So I, I think in many areas he can outdo Trump. I just don't think he can go as low as Trump in terms of the insults and attacks directly at Trump. I think that hurts him because he's trying to attract those Trump supporters. So at the end of the day, he has to be careful about those attacks. But in, in every area where Trump said he was going to do something or had taken some action, I think Ron needs to do the same and have these publicity stunts, keep doing them. And I think they're going to serve him well over time. So I like Ron DeSantis. Again, I've talked about this in our polling, polling data. And when you talk about political analysis, I don't really think he has really a shot at winning. But I honestly think this is kind of dumb. Like, if Ron DeSantis has an ally within the Senate, Ben Sass, who is going to support him over Donald Trump, who could potentially endorse him in the future as the Nebraska as the Nebraska senator to, you know, in terms of whenever he goes to poll, when he goes to campaign in Nebraska, I think it's a lost cause for him. I don't really see what he gained from doing any of that stuff, if that stuff is there. Like, if I was Ron DeSantis, I'd want to keep my, my allies close to me. I want to keep people like Ben Sass in the Senate because they're going to potentially support my causes and what I want to do so i don't really see what he was getting at maybe ben sass is just a really nice person and he just thought that oh this guy is one of my good friends i want to help him out i want to get him a better job because clearly being in the senate isn't working for him i think that's maybe the case but i don't really see any actual benefit that came from any of this stuff and i do think that with Ron DeSantis, he has to do a lot of stuff to win that support, as Tyler said. But I think Ron DeSantis needs to try to differentiate himself from Trump. You can't be Trump. You have to be different from Trump. Otherwise, we would just literally elect Trump as a GOP primary voter. Not a general voter. GOP primary voter. Yeah. And with that, you guys want to move on to... Ukraine and the situation going on over there. So we have updates on the Ukrainian war. So just a few quick updates. We have the bridge linking Russia to Crimea was partially destroyed this morning. We have two car lanes collapsed near the sea after what looked like a fuel truck had exploded. Um, Russia had been using ferries to trans uh, to bring their troops uh, to Crimea, but there's been bad weather. So resupplying their troops near Crimea has been much slower as of late. Meanwhile, we got Elon Musk, our favorite CEO, tweeting that the Ukrainian and Russia should stop fighting and redo the elections in the eastern part of Ukraine. The Kremlin had praised Musk for his proposal, saying that it's very positive, that such a positive uh, person such as Elon Musk is trying to look for a peaceful settlement. Um, but 
As for the referendums, people have voiced their opinion and there could be nothing else. So the question is, how do you guys, how should we determine um, whether an election should be redone? In the case of Ukraine and Crimea, obviously we know there was likely shenanigans going on. But even on a more local level in the United States, is there a threshold where we say this election needs to be redone? This number of votes were invalid or swayed in, uh, improperly and we should redo that election. So what are your guys' thoughts? Well, if we look back to what's going on with our good friend Adam Laxalt running in Nevada. He says there were 15,000 fake votes, essentially, that were improperly mailed or processed during the 2020 election. And so I, I don't know if it's a simple percentage. I don't know if it's a flat vote count. Um, I think that's something that state constitutions and then just states themselves need to figure out. I mean, when we originally came up with the federal system, it was always understood and said that states would run their own elections. And it's only been in this recent part of the last 50 years or so that the federal government has gotten more and more involved in terms of dictating what the different laws are across the land. It really used to be that anything went on a state-by-state -state basis and states could control the entire process. So yeah, as a former AG, he had some insight, but I mean, his opponent, Masto, the exact same insight. And she said, look, I was a former AG. I don't see any issues with this. So ultimately it's going to be partisan. I think the Democrats in general, while they have kind of cried wolf in the past where, for example, Trump won and they were just mad about that. But they never called into the question the fundamental you know, integrity of the election. And Trump leading up to 2020 kept saying there's going to be an issue. There's going to be an issue. There's going to be an issue. And then once he lost, he's like, guys, look, there was an issue. I've been talking about it for months. It's like, dude, you're literally in charge of the federal government right now. You are literally in charge of part of this process. You put all these people into positions of power in different judges who all voted against you, who all took these cases and threw them out. I know Pratik is going to shake his head on this because we fundamentally disagree on this. Because like, if you look at Rudy Giuliani and the clown car of Trump lawyers that went around trying to say there was election fraud, they had weak argument after weak argument after no evidence. So... All of this is pure crap, and if they had strong evidence, I think by now, at this point, we definitely would have done something about it. But you know what? We didn't. And so, all that aside, though, the more interesting question which you asked is, okay, let's say there, there are some irregularities. Let's say people actually do come out and oppose this. I mean, we already saw that happen, but let's say you actually did find evidence that 1% or 1% of the vote, or 2% of the vote, or that something fishy was going on. I mean, do you do a total recount if it's like one vote was improperly cast? I don't think so. But if you're finding like hundreds of votes that were improperly counted and cast, then yeah, I think you would want to do the redo. Of course, then you could say, well, what are the margins of this? Is it a total blowout? I, so I think it has to be percentage based. I think if, you know, the number of quote unquote faulty votes wouldn't affect the election overall, no, don't redo it, because clearly you're within the margin, and the candidate who won would have won anyway. However, if there is overlap, and if it's really a neck-and-neck -neck race, and there were enough votes to swing the election, then yeah, it does seem plausible that you would want to redo it. But at the end of the day, that's so that's so like fishy, everyone's going to cry foul, even Marjorie Taylor Greene, I'm sure, as much as she's slated to win like 99% on all these polling sites that MTG is going to win her district for Congress... I'm sure she's going to bitch and moan about, oh, the Dems have rigged it. But you know what? We overcame that. We won. And that's exactly what Trump was going to say if he won back in 2020. But he didn't. He cried about it. He threw a tantrum. And when asked to present the evidence, Rudy and Giuliani 
Rudy Giuliani and others are so incompetent, so bad at their jobs that they weren't convincing enough. And the very people in power who Trump put into power or in the case of Georgia and others, the state AGs and others who were overseeing elections, who saw the votes, saw the ballots and said, look, they are Republicans, but Trump simply did not win. There simply was not voter fraud and it didn't happen. So I don't know. I went on a bit of a ramble here. Pratik, I want you to hop in. But ultimately, I do think it would be margins-based. I think it would be based on how close the races are. And in 2020, you know, you sort of had an argument based on the margins and based on the accusations. But once you dug into it, you found, hey, this didn't even happen in the first place. So, again, first off, we were talking about Crimea, Russia. I think that a country should be allowed to determine their own elections. They should be allowed to determine how they're going to enforce their elections. If there is rigging, well, I mean, the fact is that we're not going to somehow overthrow Russia's government or overthrow Ukraine's government. So that process is going to remain the same. They rigged all of our elections, but I mean, we're probably rigging theirs as well, somewhat. So the policies, the agendas, and the way their processes work, we can't go and adjust that. I think when it comes to any of these elections, Nick talks about this bar of argument. So the, all the Democrats, they like to argue about this thing. Integrity. We all care about election integrity. What does that mean exactly? Because in 2016, I don't remember there being any time from the time that Donald Trump won the election till Donald Trump lost the election that Russia was not involved in any discussion and there wasn't anything about Russian interference or Russian rigging or anything dealing with election interference or any of these other people that Trump may have had in his party doing stuff being involved in the rigging process because again that was a major part of what was going on during trump's election and when during trump's presidency i think the fact is that we like to throw around this word integrity democrats like to put themselves on a high stance like oh look at us we didn't we didn't um you know decide to storm the capital we only continued this crap for four years arguing that trump did not win but we're so much better than the democrats we know what we're doing we're so much better than the republicans rudy That's giuliani true. republicans are so incompetent they're stupid rudy giuliani look is at incompetent. look at look at democrats they fought about this stuff for four years four whole years and found zero evidence that the election was you know taken away from them because trump and his crown cronies were involved in the rigging of that election but it wasn't the, the election it was is, whether trump was a russian asset which whatever that sounds even more stupid than the election thing like it yeah sure you know putin he's like dude trump's my boy i'm gonna let him do whatever he wants i'm gonna rig the election for him that sounds bizarre to me like that sounds worse than oh yeah the election was rigged and there was all these four countries interfering in it because in trump's election Election, that did happen in 2020 during 2016 there was one country it was called russia they involved engaged in interferences they engaged in rigging it they engaged in doing a lot of different things and hence donald trump should have never become president we should all be chanting around hashtag not my president because donald trump was never elected as your president the russians rigged it for donald trump to become your president when it comes to the other side, whenever there was four countries involved and there was Iran and China and Cuba all engaging in trying to help Joe Biden become president, that's not important because Joe Biden won. Had Trump won, they would have argued, oh, the Russians rigged it again, forgetting about all those three other countries that were involved in the active rigging of it. I think when it deals with this other thing, when it deals with Crimea and Ukraine, because we're talking about the actual Ukrainian war situation and all this stuff's going on, Putin is good at rigging things. 
Putin is going to rig the election in his favor. 99% of the country votes for Putin. If they don't vote for Putin, they get thrown in jail because they didn't vote for Putin. I think the fact is that if I was a Crimean citizen and I lived in one of these countries, if Putin is going to throw me in jail because I decided to vote against becoming a member of Russia, why would I do that? Why would I make my put my own life and all my family members' life in danger because I felt that the election was rigged for you know us not wanting to become members of Russia? Because the fact is that whenever you put on gunpoint saying that you have to support me otherwise your whole family is going to be tortured you're going to support him because you and you, you don't want you and your family to be tortured again for most people we really don't care about what the government status is we just want to be able to move on a regular day lives and the fact is that for people that live in russia and ukraine and all these other countries it's different because they're authoritarian countries, especially people like, especially whenever people like Putin are in power. So it's a whole different situation. In America, you can go say F Trump outside and nothing's gonna happen to you. Try doing that in Russia. You're probably gonna be put in a concentration camp. So I don't think it's the same exact situation. I don't even think we can compare it. I love how Democrats love to use the word election integrity. They didn't have that for four years, but the one time Donald Trump decides to say, oh, the election is rigged, all that election integrity stuff, that all falls on the Republicans' plate. Okay, we're all the critique, terrible people. Can, can you admit, Democrats are great? As Nick had mentioned, leading into the in the so, summer before the election, cares, Trump dude? goes, "This election's going to be fraudulent." But if he won the election, he would have said everything was fine. No, do you not he wouldn't think have. That's true. He would have still said, said it was fraudulent. He would have said it was rigged and we still beat him. That's what he, he would have said. said. That's what he would have said. I agree with that's Nick. That's what he would have said. I agree with Nick. But the fact is that what difference does that make? But what difference does that make? In the end of the day, Democrats spent four it's years arguing about how Trump was not elected. It was not the real president. Everyone's out to get him. Yeah, but in 20, from 2016 to 2020, they were out to get him. How many positive news stories have you heard of Trump from 2016 to now? You count them from the news, and I'll be like, okay, that's cool. Okay, There's but not any other popular shows, Tucker Carlson, Hannity, others. That's that different. That's one views. channel. That's not different. Oh, that's please. one you channel. You look at Daily Caller. You look yeah, at, um, Nick, what is it? you're Washington talking about Times. you're talking about conservative media that only has yes. one channel on TV. I guess Newsmax, oh, but who watches Newsmax? CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, ABC. You think ABC? Yeah, ABC, is CBS, and NBC propaganda. are all biased toward against Trump. Anytime you know. listen to nightly news, anytime you listen to you know George Stephanopoulos, the guy that comes on ABC News on Sunday. Those guys are very anti-Trump. George Stephanopoulos maybe, was actually a member of the Trump, Democratic Party because Trump's he actually divisive, was campaigning like, for the Democratic Party at critique, certain points. Maybe, maybe Trump was just such a crappy president or, that people who have... Or the news media is only the past, controlling the Democratic the same, Party. The same news media that supported Bush after 9-11. This <laughs> you got jokes, dude. Whenever whenever really, 9-11 really. happened, George don't w. you Bush's remember Fahrenheit 9-11? That's fine, but that's not that, because okay? of the news media. And the, yes, it is. No, yes, it's it not. Oh my God. Whenever George W. Bush was president, they you had movies like Fahrenheit 9-11. They had movies about how... Don uh, George W. Bush was invading Afghanistan for no reason. You had shows about how George W. Bush was a clown. He's the whole reason why all this stuff happened. Then you even had conspiracies within your own party arguing about how 9-11 happened just because of George W. Bush and his father. And you also had stories at that time where all these Democrats were also in favor of the same argument whenever the Iraq war started that, oh, there's weapons of mass destruction. Oh, we're all going to support it. Hillary Clinton was in support of it. John Kerry was in support of it. All these 
these clowns are all members of the Democratic the Party that became the future the of the party. Joe Biden. They were all in support of this stuff until whenever, oh, there was no weapons of mass destruction because we didn't find anything. Oh, George W. Bush was lying to us. Was George W. Bush lying to you? No. The whole government was lying to you because all these people voted for the same way that George W. Bush did. Again, my whole point with all this stuff is that the media has always been in favor, has always had favoritism towards the Democratic Party ever since Bill Clinton was elected into office. The whole CNN network was called Clinton News Network for like 10, 15 years since Bill Clinton was elected in office. Clinton only raped person. He only had all these other challenges going on. He had more extramarital affairs that became big controversies because he was involved in raping these women, unlike Donald Trump, and nothing happened to him because these same people people that are all about flouting about how great they are, how they support the women rights, how they support diversity, how they support your right to speech, how you support your right to free will, you support the fight that, oh, we're taking it against these people that are elitist, elite white men. All that crap came didn't work whenever Bill Clinton was president, but it all came back into fray whenever Donald Trump became elected. Because again, Hillary Clinton, all these people, they're they're the reason why we should all be proud of our country. They they support the causes, they support the women, the women's rights. But whenever they had the same crap happen in 1990, that wasn't the case. And all the news medias at the time were all in support of Bill Clinton. Even if there was video evidence showing that Bill Clinton was actually engaging in bad activities. So again, my whole point is that you compare all this stuff. Election integrity is BS. If you can, or if you're arguing that Donald Trump is somehow some kind of like you know crazy guy that decided to do all this stuff and he's the one that instituted all this crazy stuff to happen in 2020, well, the same argument can be made for every single president. And the reason why George W. No. Bush, the reason why Donald Trump was elected, is because George W. Bush never had the ability of the balls to stand up for himself, and that's why people did not do not like people that are able to just take punches and never fight back and that's why donald trump was elected as president and that's the same reason why in the end of the day he'll probably win the primary in the next election like this is the thing none of this stuff changes again nothing special about donald trump but the fact is that if you're arguing that the media is biased or in support of the republican party that's bs they got two channels they have a whole like field of news networks across the way whether you do washington post cnn new york times new york post okay Pratik, uh, wa even wall street journal at point too much power nowadays so much news and content is consumed online it's not by these major networks i rarely if ever see videos from cnn fox etc because i don't have to and i think that the the next generation isn't looking towards these media as necessarily being the foundation of our political voting in the future all right so Tyler. for look dude, here's, the here's the thing none of us read news we only have all of our shows no, based on news not, stories on what's going on in the country we just somehow know everything going on if i'm a republican it's not difficult for me to find republican news I don't, yeah. it's not that, like, I'm choosing the content I consume. I'm not being told what I need to know. That, I, I just feel like that's less so than it's used to be. We have so many more options nowadays. We're not just all defaulting to these major networks. They're not deciding who we're voting for. They may have done that 20 plus years ago. They may, may have done that through all of history. But today, it's that's starting to change. And I, I see that personally online. A very fun uh, thing is that General Milley, who Trump put in as the head of the Pentagon in 2018 was quoted as saying that Trump was ruining the international order. Um, in Helsinki, Trump had a one-on-one -on -one meeting 
private meeting with Putin that he asked for. There were no note takers, known from the State Department, no one. Only the translator was present, and there were no notes that came out of that. Um, so it, it's like there, there are these small things where even the people Trump puts in charge say the guy had issues. He was kind of dumb when it came to foreign policy. There are notes and meeting minutes of him telling generals, hey, let's pull all U.S. troops out of South Korea. And some of the people said, Mr. President, please, let's not do that. And others were like, hey, look, he's the president. We're going to give him the plan. And even if it's the worst plan in the world, you know, at least hopefully he'll see that it's a bad idea and he won't do it. But I mean, the guy just knew so little about so much. And to say that Trump is just like every other U.S. president, I don't know. It's just not true. It's part of the reason why he won is because he was a true outsider, because he just said things that went so against the grain. And part of that was, you know, you could kind of say the Bannon influence, but, you know, part, part of that was within Trump himself. And in that way, he's a very special man. And I think this will be a very special election the next time. And that's primaries. why Donald Trump is going to win the next election is because people like that decide to say certain things that are so anti-Trump. Because all of these people, all of these politicians, all of these government officials, but General they all not a hate Trump. They all, they all, they all despise Trump. They were all put Trump. into office. Him. They were all put into there by Trump. They all were supposed to support Like Mad Dog him. Mattis resigned. All those people are great. My point is that in the end of the day, the fact that there's so much negative coverage about Trump, even from his own people, that's only propelling him to probably win the GOP primary and potentially how? have a good chance of being literally a general. How, dude. Look, whenever Biden was there, what is his foreign policy? The dude literally sleeps in every single conference. Like, what what is he accomplishing? Nobody listens to Joe Biden. Joe Biden is just an old dude that has nothing to talk about. He gets confused on stage. He doesn't even know when to get on and get off stage. The fact is that if you're comparing Biden don't to Trump, that's an argument. Well. So who cares? Who cares if they don't People insult care. their allies? If when they Angela don't... Merkel came to visit Trump, not only did he insult Germany and all this other stuff, but he's like, hey, Angela, did you watch the recent segment on Fox News? And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, this is the level of obsession so? that the guy had with himself. What yes, difference does it happen. make? But what that difference does that make? That does make a huge difference. Make, are you dude? kidding me? You're meeting with are you the gonna, head of Are you going to change your And you're like, hey, vote? did you watch TV 30 minutes ago? Like, how much of a total moron do you have to be to just be glued to your TV six to eight hours a day, which was reported? And also on the election stuff, this is really down the rabbit hole. But Jared and Ivanka, for example, his very own family, Jared, who he made ambassador of everything, basically. Jared's going to solve world peace. He's going to fix it all. Okay. Jared himself and Ivanka, two days after the election, did they believe for a second that Trump actually won? No, because two days right after, they spent millions on a house in Florida and were planning to move there immediately. Even his own family thought he lost the election, and they thought Demo he was going Democrats too far. love to talk about all this stuff, though, dude. The fact no, because is that it's we documented, Patik. Because dude, it's documented. I, again, I really don't care about all these speculations and gossip. All I it's care not about, gossip. All it's I record. care about in the end of the day is if the they thought fact he won, that they wouldn't have bought that house. The news is always going to be biased against Trump. There's never going to be anything positive said, and all that's going to do is it's going to make Trump important. Again, if the news stopped talking about Trump, because they still talk about Trump, there's never anything positive about him. There's always negative stuff. They always like to quote all these people, all these government officials, because somehow that's going to change the way all these other who millions Trump of hired, people vote. Who was on his Again, team, look, who he trusted. In the end of the day, how many more people voted for the Republican Party and voted for Trump than voted in the last election? In the last election before that, we it's have always more going up. That's great. Competence, competence, That's great. and voting for someone are different things. Let's get yeah. that clear. 
Let's, let's make that real clear. I don't think that all those arguments really mean that one side has more integrity than the other side. Because in the end of the day, Democrats have the same exact talking points. They like to quote all these specific people. They don't look at all the people that are pro-Trump. They like to only quote people that are anti-Trump. They don't talk about all those officials and all those politicians that supported and were agreed with and are probably going to support him in the next election because that's a majority of the people that are in the Republican cabinet for Donald Trump. But they look at those few people that didn't agree with Trump, that were removed by Trump, and hence they have all this saltiness because they didn't like the way Trump did things because they were removed from office and they'd been bureaucrats for like 20, 30 years. And I'm then Trump came in and he got removed. I'm fine with Again, Trump. I don't care about all those people. I don't care <laughs> about said, all that gossip. All I am saying- He said he would hire the best people. He hired the best people and they and left they in record out. droves. Again, At a rate the White House again, has never seen people be fired or leave of their own personal How many? All right, let's 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 have ever. a test about that. How many he chief of staff- own swamp. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, if again, dude, the I fact remember when is, Scaramucci was like press secretary for literally for like- For 10 days. What, what difference 10 days. does- what, I'm <laughs> just saying though, it doesn't make a big difference in the grand scheme of things. In the end of the day, like Democrats like to quote all these people that were didn't like Trump and that Trump removed or that had some challenge with Trump. They don't quote all those other people that did like Trump. And that was a major portion of the party. Otherwise, the majority of the party and the majority of the people voting in the country wouldn't be in support of Donald Trump that are part of the Republican Party. So again, I don't really care about those two or three people and somebody like Mitch McConnell and what he says and somebody like, what is it, this guy that you're talking about or what Jared Kushner buying a house because that's all speculation. We don't know why Jared Kushner bought a house, but the news media said that Jared Kushner bought a house because he thought that Donald Trump lost. So hence, he decided to buy a big old house and move to Florida. No like logic behind it, nothing. They just like to connect all these dots. But whenever Republicans do the same exact thing, which Democrats did for four years, years from 2016 to 2020 connecting all these random dots to one another well at that time that they're all engaging in fraud they're not integrity they don't have any integrity they're like dif disputing the election results all these election results are perfect they only argued about one country engaging in you know rigging the election one in 2020 when there was four countries it's all okay because you know it happened in their result it happened in their favor so it's all right but when it didn't if it didn't happen in their favor then democrats would be arguing the same thing they might have stormed the Capitol and it would have been looked at as a great protest. But whenever Republicans do the same thing, we're terrorists, we're terrorists attacking the Capitol building. So again, I don't really care that much. They like to talk about this stuff in the news media. They like to spin stuff against Trump. They like to spin stuff against Republicans. They make us all look like morons. We're all idiots. I don't think Republicans Trump. are all idiots. But I don't. Think I mean, so. his people do though. How many times Joe Trump Biden literally said, person. "Dude, what has Joe Biden said about MAGA voters? How many Republicans right now in this country are MAGA voters?" How many Republicans in this country are non-MAGA voters? Compare the two, and then we will discuss whether or not Democrats have any bias towards Republicans. And Hold on. Bias it's not that there's bias. It's not, it's not anything. It's specifically about Trump. Like the, the, it's, not, it's not even a Republican issue, I don't think. It's, it is. It's the fact that it's... If, I, it was, I, if this I was any other president, Trump, it would have been the same on. exact thing. Trump here. loses that election because of his own actions. It's not because of the media. It's because of his failure as president and, that he is no longer president. Okay. But there That's was it. also four countries interfering actively in the election. Why was that not an issue from 2016 to 2020? He made mistakes that deterred people from voting for him for him to get real. The reason he's not in office is not because of a conspiracy. It's not because of the media. It's not because of uh, foreign countries. But how countries. can you say that it's for sure, though, dude? 
I can't. You can't look. Well, I, obviously, in 2016, I if Hillary Clinton was not elected as president and she was supposed to win in all the polls and everything, and from 2016 to 2020, they argued about how Russians rigged that election. Why is that not important when in 2020 you had four countries actively rigging that election, including Russia, who in 2016 they made a big deal about? They only argued about it for four years. Again, my whole point is that if that's the case, if A equals B there, why doesn't A equal B in 2020? And in the end of the day. What difference does it make if it's Trump? This could have been any other Republican president and the same crap would have happened. Republicans don't have a backbone. We have idiots like Mitch McConnell like they go against their own party get, leaders. And yet you and still get elected all the time. <laughs> like, I don't, like, what do you mean? They're just still look, a prominent party. Like, whenever, the Republicans win okay, all the look, Trump won. We'll like, predict this. If Ron DeSantis wins in 20, whatever this primary is, which I don't think there's really a chance. He year. has like 20% chance to literally win the GOP primary. But if John, John DeSantis wins and he wins the general, then we will see. Because I guarantee you, all the same crap they have against Donald Trump, it would all exist against Ron DeSantis. The only difference will be is Donald Trump won't be like there to tweet about it. Ron DeSantis will just be taking punches and he'll just be taking them because he doesn't have any media support or anybody to support him in the news media or any of these big channels to uh, literally defend him. So then that's the same thing. Again, Democrats control the news media. They control the narrative. They control the TV stations. They don't control two stations. Newsmax and Fox News. Oh, Fox Business, three stations. Other than that, it's all Democratic-controlled news media. So, again, I don't really think that it changes anything. Republicans are going to vote Republican, whether it's Ron DeSantis, whether it's Donald Trump, and we're going to vote in more numbers than we did last time. We're going to win more people than we did last time. Democrats are going to be in denial that we won more people. And in the end of the day, if Joe Biden was not the candidate of the Democratic Party, they're never going to win, based on any of the polling data that is conducted right now in the country. That's my final two cents. There you go. Well, the, yeah. So I mean, we just and with well, that, I, I I feel like Nick set up uh, the conversation to just be an all-out war about Trump, and I think that's great. I love those kind of conflicts. I feel like it makes our show nice and entertaining. So hey, guys, with that, next week we will be on episode 100. We're still trying to figure out exactly how we're going to play it out. We might go to some of our favorite top topics or talking points. Maybe I'll dig, dig up some recordings of our past episodes. We'll see. Uh, but please stay tuned for that. Thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you next week. Later. Catch you next week. Love you, Pratik. Later. Love you too, man. <laughs>